Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're into extra time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, I'm Barry Guy. The Football Ferns have some points to pick up in their last two group matches at the FIFA World Cup if they're to achieve their aim of making it out of group play at the tournament in France. Meanwhile, two New Zealand Super Rugby teams are secure in the playoffs, but heading into this weekend's final round, two others are battling to stay alive. Joining me first up is our rugby correspondent, Hamish Bidwell. Hamish, uh, there's a good chance just two New Zealand sides are going to make it into the quarterfinals. Is that a concern at all? Not a, not a huge one, I don't think. Only two New Zealand teams, the Hurricanes and Highlanders, made the finals in 2015 and, and, and New Zealand successfully defended the World Cup that year. So uh, while it's not ideal, not a great advertisement for our depths overall, I don't think it's going to be a particular impediment come World Cup time. So uh, there is a chance all five South African conference teams are going to make it in, though. Uh, do you read anything into that? I tell you what, if I'm honestly talking about Super Rugby, I think it's been super mediocre this year. Um, there's only two good teams, the Crusaders have been sort of good to great. The Hurricanes have been okay. They haven't, by their standards, been outstanding, but they've found ways to win. And the Hawaris have been okay. And everyone else has been sort of average or poor. And the fact that South Africa have so many teams in contention just speaks to what a dreadful conference these has been. Um, teams win and lose for no rhyme or reason. Up one week, down the next, it's been terribly inconsistent and poor. Mentally, the South African teams are extremely weak and I think that's reflected in the table. I don't think it speaks to a, a healthy or even competition, but rather just mediocrity. Is it something to do with World Cup year? Because if I think back, normally New Zealand don't do particularly well in Super Rugby and World Cup years. I, I stand corrected. New Zealand teams are struggling partly because of coaching. Um, there's a player drain that we talk about a lot, um, and there's further dilution of rugby with guys signing contracts with New Zealand rugby that take them out of out of Super and send them off to Japan. I'm thinking about guys like Whitelock and, and Retellick and Bowden Barrett's allegedly going to be getting a similar deal. Um, but it's the coaching drain. We have we lose guys like Chris Boyd and, and Dave Rennie who are seasoned professionals who have proven winning uh, records and methods. And um, without them, we could turn into rookies, guys like Leo McDonald, Aaron Major, who really don't know their way around a Super Rugby team and should be sort of still in assistant roles. And I think that definitely plays a part in some of the inconsistent footy we've had from the New Zealand teams. Yeah, because even uh, Super Rugby, New Zealand Super Rugby, assistant coaches are now getting picked up to coach overseas, aren't they? It's not the head coaches. That's right. Um, the Crusaders are losing two from their staff and the Highlanders one, and that's that's common. And uh, it'll continue because um, there isn't a pathway to the top, partly because of how hard it's been to to unseat Steve Hansen as All Blacks coach, and so various people at all levels of coaching, just like players do, disappear for, for money and, and greater challenges. Uh, I did hear when Warren Gatlin was um, uh, signed up again for the British and Irish Lions that he says he does want to come back and coach in Super Rugby, though. Um, you know, is, is it perhaps uh, is it attractive for a New Zealander that's gone overseas to come back and do Super Rugby? 
Well, it's the pathway to the All Blacks, and Gatlin knows that. Um, and the fact that Steve Hansen and Steve Chu are both leaving New Zealand rugby will make it easier for Gatland. I think his card was marked with those guys, but I think we'd all agree that through the Lions and Wales and, and the club success he's had in Britain, um, Gatlin's an outstanding coach um, who's done great things and would look totally um, at home in an All Blacks environment. Um, but to get there, he realises that the Chiefs are probably his way forward. So once Colin Cooper's tenure ends and, and, and Gatlin's done another year with uh, another tour of the Lions, then hopefully the Chiefs beckons for him. And Bowden Barrett, his name got mentioned again because he's uh, out of contract at the end of the year. The Blues have said they're keen on him, but I'm sure there are plenty uh, of clubs overseas also. Yeah, New Zealand are desperate to keep him, and that's why I mentioned things like the sabbatical clause where guys can go to Japan and earn a lot of money for, for not much um, and miss the grind and the travel of Super Rugby. Um, so New Zealand will be looking really hard to lock him up till 2023. Um, hopefully they can do that. Whether that means he joins the Blues and play some Super Rugby for them um, along the way remains to be seen. Barrett's wife's from Auckland, as everyone knows, and people are desperate to sort of connect the dots. The thing with Barrett is he's sort of an unknowable guy. He's someone who presents very well and is articulate and, and well-mannered, but he doesn't give much away. And I, I wonder how well even the Hurricanes know him and, and how certain they can be of, of his intentions. I think um, they'll be as eager as anyone to find out what Barrett actually intends to do because he just he seems like a guy who keeps his cards quite close to the chest. Yeah, and first five for probably at least uh, three Super Rugby sides is a problem area, isn't it? And so, you know, he's uh, he's a highly wanted man. Absolutely. Um, there's Mwanga and there's him and then there's Daylight. So, um, uh, yeah, any team would be eager to have him, especially in New Zealand but all over the world as well. So he's he'll know his value. He knows he's a really marketable brand and he won't go anywhere unless it's going to suit him down to the ground. And the number of players that are going overseas for to play in Japan for a year or, or whatever and then come back, I mean, you've got to have a few doubts in the back of your head that they're going to come back, or do you, that they're going to come back in the form that would get them you know, back into the All Blacks? The idea of it is that it's like a, it's an extended off-season. You can get paid hundreds of thousands and you might play a handful to ten games. Otherwise, you'll train and you'll get rid of niggles and uh, you'll get fit. You get a, basically a conditioning window that you wouldn't get here where you're it's trade, play, travel, play so much of the year. So it is attractive for guys and teams are prepared to wear it if it keeps them in the country. Um, it takes some of the financial burden off New Zealand rugby and it also yeah, gives these guys a chance to maybe rehab um, problems and come back in better shape. Whether that makes them better, sharper uh, players is remains to be seen, but it's it's the model that they're currently working on. And the uh, only derby game this weekend in the final round is in Wellington as the Hurricanes host the uh, Blues. Uh, Sonny Bill Williams is uh, is finally back. People want to see him in action with his, you know, hopes uh, of the World Cup, perhaps. I hope he signs autographs because they're, they're pretty rare commodity. I think he's played 10 games, made 10 appearances all up last year, five for the Blues and five for the All Blacks, and this is the sixth appearance of the year for the for the Blues and, and probably his last. Um, if he, he's off contract and, and may not stick around um, after this. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice that he's playing. My interest with him is, is the All Blacks. Steve Hansen seems wedded to picking him for the World Cup. I don't know how he can. Um, you need people to back up game after game. And as we've seen with Williams over a long period of time, even going back to his rugby league days, he, he has sustained periods of, of being injured and, and being on rehab. So, um that he's playing, everyone wants to see him. He's box office, you know what I mean? Everything he does and says people care about, people want to see, but yeah, he's just, he's a professional 
rehabber. He's not really a player anymore and probably, you know, a luxury for the World Cup in my view. Joining us is former football fern Christy Hill, and we'll be talking to Christy about the football shortly, but you're also a Blues uh, supporter, Christy. Has it been a bit frustrating again uh, for for you and your, your fellow Blues fans? <laughs> yeah, I think every year is a um, frustrating year as a, a Blues fan. I, they only needed to win three games, um, I think, a couple of weeks ago, but then they drew, <laughs> drew and then it was all over. So, um, yeah, another frustrating year, but still, still hearty supporter. And is it um, difficult to, to get along, do you think? I mean, the, the numbers are dwindling to follow uh, some of these super rugby sides. I was going to take my family to the Hurricanes uh, this weekend, but of course all of their stars, are well, more or less all of their stars, are not playing. So you sort of then wonder, well, what's the point in, in going? You know, uh, I'm, I'm assuming the Blues are struggling to get some fans to go along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's with... Being able to watch it on TV, it seems a, a lot easier when you've got kids and it's raining and it's cold to sit at home and and, um, and just watch it from TV. I mean, I always enjoy it because you can rewind it and um, and have a look at the replays and you can hear the commentators. But um, otherwise, it's it seems uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem as it used to be when you used to go to every single game back in the days. And talking about rain, uh, Hamish and, and Christy, the the Black Caps. Game against India at the Cricket World Cup got washed out, and it was, I think, about the fourth one. Now, Hamish, um, is is possibly this going to turn the tournament into a little bit of a farce? If it, you know, is is going to continue? Yeah, it could do. You'd hope it didn't continue, but yeah, I mean, from a New Zealand point of view, I, they were really due a, a good game. Um, having played Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, and Afghanistan, they they needed a, a hit out against a team of sort of title tending qualities, uh, contending quality. So it was a shame from that point of view. Um, I think they really wanted to test themselves and be good to have seen whether the Munro thing at the top of the order is a, a goer. Um, they've come into the tournament pretty keen on Henry Nichols, whether it be at the top of the innings or the middle order. I'm not a big Henry Nichols enthusiast. I don't know if you can carry him and Ton Latham in the same batting order. But um, yeah, there's no better test in India who remain the sort of tournament favourites and it's a real shame it got washed out. And by the sounds of it, Christy, it's hard to get up in the middle of the night uh, to watch cricket if you've got uh, kids also, is it? Um, yeah, yep, yeah, that'll be the same. Although um, cricket's a, a, long, uh, a long, not necessarily a, a good uh, observation sport, I get. I enjoy it more towards the uh, end of the overs, probably about the 48th over, I'll, I'll sit and watch it. At the, at the business end, that's right. But you have been watching yeah. the uh, football ferns. It must have yeah. been uh, heartbreaking that last minute loss to the Netherlands in their opening game. Oh yeah, devastating. Um, uh, when I was playing, we used to talk about this curse of um, you know the the eighty fifth or ninety second minute where we would get scored on. And um, yeah, I, I thought um, the game against England when we won one nil and we kept them out for ninety minutes. I thought, oh yay. The curse is gone, but um, it was well and truly back on the um, on the game against the Netherlands. Yeah, it was was heartbreaking. The girls will be devastated about that. So you think perhaps there is something in the back of their minds of uh, you know finishing off a game? Maybe for us older ones that that are now um, couch potatoes and, and, and are watching, we we have that um, superstition. It always it, it, it's a bugbear though um, and, and that's the nature of football you see it in so many games where the game's only supposed to be 90 minutes and often you will see teams win it on the 94th and the 95th minute um, it's not like league where they where they stop it exactly at 80 minutes so um, you've got to be up for literally 100 minutes regardless of, w- of what team you are so 
Oh, I didn't want to see it, but I knew as soon as that went in, I knew it was like, damn it, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Uh, I heard Coach Tom Samani say that he felt that the Netherlands was going to be their most difficult game just because of the way they played the game. So does that mean Canada, who are ranked higher uh, than the Netherlands, I think at number five, uh, that they still feel they've got a chance of at least getting a point off them? Yeah, I mean, certainly the girls will think, um, watching the Canada and Cameroon game, I know that the girls will um, see their style. We understand their style, and we're probably a little bit more familiar with it because, um, well, their former coach, John Herdman, used to be our coach. So we've had, um, uh, we know and we understand Canada a lot more, whereas the Netherlands, their style is a little bit different. They they pop it around a lot more. Um, I think we did well to keep them out, but essentially for half an hour, um, we were just getting inundated with with shots and opportunities. Canada's style a little bit more different, and that's why we think we have probably got a better chance to beat them, despite the rankings, because it is a style that perhaps we are more familiar with and know how to counter, and that's that's probably key when it comes to um, the World Cup. And having, uh, I'm assuming, played uh, Australia a few times, they got up to beat uh, Brazil and get their first win yeah. of the tournament. And they'd, they'd got, got a bit of stick, uh, apparently, about um, their place being there. And I did hear a comment afterwards from one of the players that uh, she then told the, all of those people that doubted them they could then suck on that. So that was a, a great Aussie <laughs> attitude to, to get back into the tournament. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 your um, a typical Australian um, attitude. Australia are a really, really good team. I'm mean, I I fancied them as a, probably a top four finishers. They, um, I was very surprised when they lost to Italy, and I'm not actually not surprised that um, they would beat a team like Brazil, despite Brazil's um, brilliance and their in their um, technical ability is so sound. But um, Australia are, are probably in, in more that style. They're able to just get back up and 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 throw um, throw quite a quite an organised and, and quite aggressive approach against Brazil. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that Australia um, are uh, are sticking it to the people, which makes their pool quite interesting. When they've got, I don't really want yeah, I don't really want a um, a good third place person in any of these other pools because they're going to wreck it for us. But um, yeah, that one will be a very interesting pool. Hamish, uh, one of the contentious things to come out of the uh, first week of the Football World Cup is uh, the USA's pasting of Thailand 13-0. And there's a bit, bit of fallout after that of how the USA didn't ease up in some way and, and the way they celebrated goals. Yeah, I commend them for, for, for going to the, to the last minute and trying to score as many goals as they can. Um, and the group stage, you want to you want to emerge as the top qualifier and, and goal difference plays a big part in that. So I don't have any problem with the scoreline and America being utterly ruthless at the end. But the choreographed celebrating, um, I thought it was a bit over the top and a little bit gross, um, but unnecessary. It's not like it was the final when they were playing, you know, a fellow world superpower. They were playing Thailand, who were glad to be at the tournament and doing their best. And I thought it lacked a bit of class. And I would thought from teams that win as often as the US women's national team that there might have been a, a bit more um, yeah, a bit, a bit more class about the way they, they greeted those girls, frankly. Christy, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I'm very much the same. Yeah, 13, you know, you've got to, you've got to do the job and, and you have to score as many goals as you can. If it comes to a, a goal count back, you can't um, say you're being nice to a team. But, it, yeah, it's just the... Um, there's a there's a bigger picture, I suppose, when it comes to the game. And yes, win, but um, do it do it humbly, particularly when you're, um, you know, defending champions and Olympic champions, and you've got, you know, you've got that amount of resources. Be humble, um, and and remember about the game.
Well, thanks very much to former football ferns player Christy Hill and our rugby correspondent Hamish Bidwell. That's extra time for this week. You can follow us on Twitter at RNZ Sport. I'm Barry Guy. Bye for now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.